Hey guys, so we just wanted to give you a little heads up. In this um, podcast, we do end up t- saying that we're not going to be talking about COVID. We say the C word. <laughs> we um, we don't want that to be a focal point of our content. And in this episode, we did end up talking about it a little bit. So we just wanted to give you a heads up that this isn't our normal content, but it did come up a little bit. And it is a part of our experience. But it we, is. You know, we are very cognizant of the fact that we are not going to, we don't want to make this a focus. And mm-hmm. if we do... Um, we understand that it does require a PSA. It's very touching. It's very triggering. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we will always give you a heads up for that. But it does pertain to the content of what we are talking about. But mm-hmm. just FYI, um, we're aware of it, and we just want to let you know um, going forward we'll be more careful. Yeah. And, I mean, sometimes it is. Like you said, it's part of our life. So Yeah, it It'll is. come up sometimes, but it's, it's always going to come with a warning. Yep. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the show. It's so much fun. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to the Rabbit Nurses Podcast. Hi. Mary. And I'm Kaylee. (laughs) Woohoo! Woo! This is going to be our first one to air episode episode ever ever and we're hoping that it's going to air right around our two-year anniversary of friendship wait in september oh no i guess we are gonna be going earlier than that hopefully we build up enough so we do yeah no i think it'll be fine i think it'll be good i think we'll get this going and we'll do a couple more and then we'll like have a celebrate a what do they call this a lunch party (gasps) yeah a lunch party i like that But yes, first episode ever. It's exciting. We've worked really hard. We're staring at each other right now. We're like, (laughs) (laughs) while she eats Andy's, it's fine. I'm not jealous at all. She ate ate all of her Andy's earlier. I did, but it was in me. I decided to eat mine right now. No, what could go wrong? So should we tell the general public like who we are and why we chose this name and why we like why we're here? Just like a little intro of like, you know. Okay, well, I'm Kaylee, (laughs) and I am a nursing student um, who has worked four years in a hospital setting, and um, as a CNA, I've been in nursing school for about a year and a half. I had to repeat a class, but that's okay, Um, and Mary and I have been friends for about two years, Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. Who are you? And I'm Mary. I have been a nurse for about five years now, and I was actually a CNA before that as well mm-hmm. for about a year. And yeah, just figuring out what to do when you grow up as a nurse now, because life's been crazy the past few years. It has been crazy, and we are going to do our hardest to not say the C word. Yes. We worked. For a while. We worked the pandemic. And that's how we met, and we don't want to focus on that. Yes. Um, eventually, mm-hmm. we will talk about it, but that's not going to be our focus, especially coming off of that. Yes. I think everyone is kind of I think, burnt I think, out, honestly. I think we're over it. I've, yeah. And there's a lot of things there that is just opening up a can of worms for us. So mm-hmm. we would like to focus on other things, focus on figuring out, like, general public what's intriguing and uh, fun for us to talk about things that y'all would just be curious about from a tech nursing student point of view as well as just like 
a few years into nursing, like what it looks like now for us. Absolutely. Um, so why did you, why did you decide, you know, you're in high school and you're like, what are you going to do? And how did you get on the road of nursing? So for me personally, all through like my childhood, I was like one of those givers, right? And I was like, I love animals and I want to be a vet and I'm going to heal animals and it's going to be like the best experience ever. And then come to realize, I think it was probably like an eighth grade or something traumatizing. And I was like, (laughs) you kill animals, you put them down. I was devastated. I was like, never. I can't do that. So then I was like, okay, something else. And I actually went on a mission trip to the Dominican Republic about my like junior year of uh, high school, (laughs) college, junior year of high school. Mm -hmm. And I loved getting to hang out with the kids and they were building a a school and we were trying to help them like, cause they would walk for miles to get to their school, right? So it's like, they need more education. So we were building this other school and it was really hard work. And there was this one little kid and I fell in love with him. Mind you, I also don't speak like a lick of Spanish. So I am like, the communication with them is purely like acting out things and like goofing around. Like there's no true, like we're talking about things. And so this kid's probably four years old and he just locks onto me, hugs me and I pick him up and he has this massive tumor mm. on his side. Mm. And, and how I mean, old is he? He's about four years old. Four. And it oh is like protruding from his side. And all the other people and the group were kind of like taken aback by it. Like, oh, like he's got a tumor. Like, I don't want to touch that. And I'm like, no, like come here. Like, I love you. Aww, and like, I just, I wanted to help these people more than just bring in them education. I wanted to help heal people. Yeah. And after that, it was, dude, I was a one track minded person. I was like, okay, I'm going to college. I'm going to have no fun and I'm going to become a nurse. <laughs> Oh, God. I'm not going to do anything cool in college. It's just going to be studying. (laughs) Oh, golly. Yeah. And then I got to go over to Africa my senior year, and I got to shadow nurses Mm. in Africa after patients had gotten, like, post-op things, like getting tumors removed in their throats, watching cataract surgery removals. Like, it was... It was amazing. So after that, I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to become a nurse. Right. I was like, this is freaking amazing. Like, changing these people's lives. And yeah, here we are five you years know, later. <laughs> the, everything that we're told about medicine, everything, mm-hmm. the, the magic that The happens. romance of it, honestly. Ooh, yeah. yeah. It's a very, very romantic, true. pink, no, rose-colored glasses. I was like, pink is not the color. It's just rose. Your rose-colored glasses. And honestly, we do see a lot of those Mm -hmm. beautiful, sweet, uplifting moments, but that's not all nursing is. Right, right. That's really touching. It's like a really touching, like you figured out what you wanted and you went for it. Mm -hmm. And you've been a nurse for five years Five years. Yeah. Are you happy with it? Mm. Not, okay, let's say this. Are you happy with it outside of what we've, recently you know I I honestly think that's kind of hard to answer I think and this is something we'll start unwrapping later on as well but I think for me what I came to realize was how early I started on with this identity is I'm gonna be a nurse Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna heal people it became all I was yeah. So then five years later, after becoming a nurse, I'm reflecting and I don't regret it. Mm-hmm. But I also don't know if this is all I want to do. You know, I right. think there is that self-love and the 
enjoyment of life that I feel like I've missed a little bit. So entrenched and entombed, not just because of the pandemic, but just nursing in general. Right. That's all all I would do. do. You live and breathe it. But a part of it is the camaraderie. I was actually talking with one of the nurses I work with right now. I'm in a traveling gig and I've been kind of bouncing around and one of these nurses, she's young like me and she's like, I miss going out with all my friends after work Mm. and the camaraderie and just going out to dinner didn't have to be crazy party nights i'll mind you sometimes it was you're Mm -hmm. decompressing (laughs) but just going out and like connecting with these people that you've suffered and relied on with for 12 hours and i do miss i miss that part of it Mm -hmm. the the friendships but then all your friends truly are nurses and then that's all you talk about and then it is it's that cycle of like you live breathe nursing you do it becomes a, it is a lifestyle. It is all you it's talk about. It's all you do. It's your identity. Like, I feel bad when <clears throat> I would come over and you and I will start talking nursing mm-hmm. and um, your boyfriend, Scott, is sitting there and poor thing, like, has no idea, mm-hmm. has no clue mm-hmm. what we're talking about. Like, mm-hmm. he works in IT. So he is just, he's sitting there on third wheel in on the couch and has no clue and he's trying to make connections and then we're like oh wait maybe we should like explain to him what this is mm-hmm. you know if you're dating someone outside of the medical field or you're married to someone outside of the medical field it's a completely different language it's a completely different it lifestyle and you have to find ways to get out of it and I think that's part of it. it's like don't ever feel shameful for being that way. I loved those years. I loved those years of like truly like Kaylee and I, that's how we met. Like, and I love her. And there are so many times that we do get to have really good conversations because honestly, you do have to talk to people that understand what you're going through. Right. Right. Just because nursing is hard. Like the medical field is not an easy place to be. There are a lot of pressures. There is a lot going on that you're going to start to learn how to cope and deal with. Right. And with those people in your life that aren't part of it, it's okay to find others to listen, but sometimes it doesn't have to be them. A lot of times, Scott, he's so sweet and patient with me, and other times it's like, you know what? I think you should maybe talk to one of your friends that understands. Right. And you know what? It's one of those moments I'm like, thank you for saying that, because you're right, because you get so, it, it hits emotional nerves mm-hmm. when it gets a little bit rough for you, and yeah. you have a bad day. Yeah. Absolutely. But tell me about your story of wanting to become a nurse. Um, so I come from a family of nurses. My grandmother is a nurse. My mother is a nurse. Um, and I am on my way to becoming a nurse. I didn't really, I don't ever remember wanting to be a nurse. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I grew up with my mother, my grandmother working nights mm-hmm. and how exhausting it was and mm-hmm. how tired she was. And mm-hmm. uh, my grandmother never really took care of herself physically or mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom became a nurse out of necessity. Now, my grandmother worked in the hospital setting um, for like 30 years. Um, and so when my mother became a nurse, she did home health hospice. And that's Man. all I saw was mm. the traveling in the sense of like driving like from home to home or mm-hmm. from community to community and taking care of elderly and dying people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't really know if I want to do that. And so um, 
I got a job bartending and so I was in the service industry for a long time. I met my husband, got, had a baby, and right after I had my child, um, I told my husband, I said, I cannot be a service industry mom. I said, I refuse to be a service industry mom. I don't want to do this. I want to go back to school and provide a life. And then all of a sudden it was like, all right, I'm going to go be a nurse. It was like this switch flipped mm -hmm. and like just all of a sudden I woke up one day and I was like, okay, I'm going to go to nursing school. And, um, and I am, and here I am a couple years later, got my prerequisites done. Yes. I got, you know, the, um, process done and so you know I've been on this journey of nursing school for as I was saying a year and a half now mm -hmm. and um, I started my journey as a CNA I got my CNA license and I got a job at a hospital to kind of test the waters get into it see what I wanted to do always a see if it was idea. really what I wanted yeah. um, and Sure enough, it was, you know, I was like, all right, yes, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to go. You know, I do want to be a nurse because um, there are so many different avenues that no one talks about. So like, many. You can do nursing. You can do respiratory. You can do, like, ultrasounds. Those ultrasound techs make a ton of money. Yes. They when I worked insane. at a fertility mm -hmm. clinic, they are doing a really good job. Mm -hmm. It's a great one. X-ray techs. I actually yes. know like one of Scott's cousins is actually going a to. A phlebotomist. Like there are energy. so many different things that you just don't know so about. You're like avenues. nurse or doctor. And you don't realize how many roles that there are mm -hmm. in between everything. Um, and so, you know, I settled on nursing. I was good to go for it. And um, what's funny is that I was going through some old letters like I have a memory box and I found these old letters from my high school sweetheart and because he was a year ahead of me so he graduated he went to the Air Force and so while he was in basic training we were writing letters back and forth so I'm 17 mind oh, you baby. okay he was talking about being able to get his GI Bill and like whenever he's married being able to put that money towards their spouse and he said, so we can get you your nursing license. So apparently I was talking about being a nurse back when I was 17, 18 years old. And I don't even remember it. That is so interesting. I wonder yeah. if he blocked it out at some I point. have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. His family hated me. It was a bad ordeal. Oh, oh it was bad. It was you bad. Know, they were very mean to me. Well, I'm glad that you didn't stay in it. Yeah. We've all had those toxic relationships. Yeah. So... But anyway, so that's why I'm here. Like, I, I decided I wanted to create a better life for myself. And, and I do love what I do. Let's not, let's not just sit here. Don't, don't get me wrong and just think that, like, oh, okay, she needed a way to support her family. No, I, I absolutely love what I do, and I wouldn't have it any other way. She is also amazing at it. Like, having the, what's the word I'm looking for? having the opportunity to work with Kaylee, like she is meant to be a nurse. And I think that's what you slowly start to see, especially if you take the route to become a tech first and like experience the hospital, yeah. it helps you figure out better. Cause I do remember a lot of 
nursing students that were with me in my class and mm. the second we went to clinical that was the moment they realized really? it really mm-hmm. so it's like they're already a year in to nursing prereqs mm. and everything and it's like okay like this is not meant for me so any opportunity you get to go in to see if you mesh well in this environment mm-hmm. and if you can do it Because as a tech, you learn a lot. You learn about having to clean up so much poop in nursing. Mm -hmm. You're cleaning up a lot of bodily fluids, you know, and you really need to be able to handle those fluids. Because I do know one nurse I worked with not very long ago, and she couldn't handle vomit. Now, of course, I'm going to tell you right now, I can't handle sputum. I could suck it out of an ET tube all day, trait care, but I am disgusted by it. Well, I just, and it's one of my weaknesses. Yeah, and here's the thing, too, is that everyone has what they can handle and what they can't. Right? Mm-hmm. Some nurses can handle sputum and vomit all day and not handle poop. Like, they're exactly. like, poop is just awful. And some, like, you you hear, you know, you hear in the TV shows about, like, oh, I can't handle blood, so I can't be a doctor. Um, that one thing is not, number one, it's not required. You don't have to handle blood. Number two... Mm. Depending on what you go into. Depending. Because like, I think in medical school, they are dealing with a lot of things. Oh, well, like, of right. Course if they are. But they could definitely choose to do something else. Like, it's not, like, just because you can't handle one bodily fluid does not You're disqualify not out of it. you yes. from pursuing a future in the medical career, in 100%. the medical field, if that's exactly what you want to do. Oh, yeah. It's just you know? making sure that you can at least handle it to at a point to function, it, right? right? And so it's like, if you're going to throw up every time someone throws up, figuring out if you can hold it back. Because I used to be that right. person. I would hear someone throw up. I would. Now, I actually don't, which is very interesting. I'm just desensitized to it. Probably. <clears throat> yeah. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say? Um, oh, and a big part of this that I think is kind of looked over is it's not just learning how to handle the environment itself, but your patients learning how to be empathetic. Like you have a patient who is mentally aware and maintaining their dignity while you're having to clean them. Mm-hmm. It, it is a very difficult and hard situation, so you can't just walk in and say, like, okay, well, turn over, I'm going to clean you, Val. Exactly. And you have to sit there and then do it and be hard about it. You have to sit and you have to, like, talk them through it and communicate with your patients. You, you have, know, they're people. You have to remind remember that. Mm-hmm. And for some people, it is a coping mechanism to desensitize yourself to it and say like no this is just a body I'm taking care of and I'm never gonna forget when I was a fairly new nurse and I was a night shifter Mm -hmm. and I had a patient I really connected with they had had a lot of hardships in life and they had been intubated multiple times so like this person's on a BiPAP again and just holding my hand Mm -hmm. begging me to intubate them because they're just so tired of trying to breathe like that sick you know? Mm -hmm. And so we finally get him intubated again. He's got multiple chest tubes. And I remember, this is going to sound so horrible, but anyway, we got connected because I had another patient verbally abusing me to the point of crying. Mm -hmm. And I go into this man's room and I am, I'm crying. I'm crying. I'm being broken. And it's hard. Sometimes you're going to have really tough moments in this. And this man who is going through the hardest time of his life holds my hand and just looks at me. 
and comforts me. Like my patient Your is patient comforting, comforting me. you. Right. Oh, and we just had a bond after that. And I'm never going to forget. I came in once because I would always talk to him. He can't talk. He has a tube in his mouth breathing for him. He started getting a trach at one mm. point, you know, like he is very much like a body you are taking care of. Like mm. you are truly keeping his body alive. And that's hard for some people, but he was very much aware, which isn't always the case for some. And I remember him telling, essentially communicating to me that one nurse that had treated him literally like a computer. He's like, I literally just felt like a robot. She was just turning. She never once talked to me. And that's just so heartbreaking to hear, mm. especially whenever you connect with someone. And then yeah. you're not always going to connect with your patients. Yeah. But that idea that this is a human, mm-hmm. this is a person, and to remember them as potentially like a family member of yours. Like if someone in your family or one of your loved ones was in the hospital, how would you want them treated? Okay, I have a problem with that. Ooh. I do. And the reason why is because emotional fatigue and burnout is real, but I think recognizing your patients as humans should be enough. Because you should have dignity for life, right? Like, you should have dignity and respect for life. And so I hate it when it's like, imagine it's your grandma. And I'm like, no. Because I, you know, and we treat our family differently, too. Like, you're, 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 you have that special bond with your family. Um, And so, and I'm not saying that, like, we're mean to our family members, right? Or I am mean to my family members. Mm -hmm. I'm not at all. That's not what I'm saying. It's just, you know, you can be sassy with your family. You can be, like, snarky with love, and it's understood, right? right? Like, you have that special bond. But with your patients, it's like you have to be, if if it's my grandmother, and she's sitting there complaining, I'm going to be like, Grandma, you were a Mm -hmm. nurse. You know what to do. I'm not going to do that to a patient. I'm not going (laughs) to say that to a patient, right? You're correct. I'll I'll give you this. I'll give you this. (laughs) When I'm thinking of that, I think of this as someone else's loved one. Oh, no. I don't think this is my family. Because I would agree. Like, I don't necessarily think of it as my family. But this is someone else's family. This Mm -hmm. is someone else's loved one. This isn't just... Because I agree. There is a balance there. And you don't want to, like, burn yourself out being like, this is my grandmother. And some people really don't have a good relationship with maybe a mom. Right. Or a grandmother. Or a dad. You know, so it is. It's that level of... This is a human being. Right. Treat them as such, See, and that's not where an I, animal. And that's exactly where I think it should be. Instead of like, imagine if it were your family. No, members. and like, I would no, never say that. Yeah. No. Because it's also discounting the respect that you have for, for humanity and, that, yeah. and or for like another human in general, mm-hmm. right? We should have that respect and dignity for our fellow humans, regardless of their relationship to us. And that's very important to have and I agree with that but I think there are a lot of people in this world that don't have a respect for well then they shouldn't be nurses I would agree but a lot of them do become nurses well they shouldn't be oh (laughs) my god okay so I know we said we weren't going to talk about the pandemic but I do need to talk about this because this just got brought up like who should and shouldn't be nurses so it's in the very beginning of the pandemic and um it's before I started working the um, special, like, unit. pan, the special unit that we created, right? So this is, like, very beginning. Everything is, like, being shut down. One of these nurses, I kid you not, so they had me, um, we had hall monitors, and we would, like, have to record everyone who went in and out of the room. I remember that. Yes. Yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys. My knee, my knee just hit. My, We're fidgety. It's funny. My knee just hit the, um, Table. the desk. Is it okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. Thank okay. you. Okay. You're welcome. Um, Yeah, so I was recording who was going in and out of these COVID 
positive rooms or mm-hmm. like, excuse me, these like COVID potential rooms. Right, 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 right. It was um, always like Or I was in a different area. I think I was in a different area of the hospital at this time. But anyway, one of these nurses was like, don't give me a COVID patient. I don't want any of that. We don't know what it is. We don't know where it's coming from, blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't want to take care of a patient like that. And I was so mad, guys. As a PCA, as a CNA, I'm like, then why are you a nurse? Then why are you a nurse? Because Mm. to me, a nurse is you are going to take care of your patient regardless, unless you specifically have a condition that will hurt harm you in the process of caring for this right so like covid is a respiratory virus my manager has severe asthma she was not allowed on the covid unit her mm-hmm. doctor like wrote her a prescription mm-hmm. right or like wrote her a letter saying that like she is not allowed anywhere near this because it could, could potentially cost her her life mm-hmm. okay that's understandable but like this nurse is like assumingly perfectly healthy also before we knew anything about it and she's like mm-hmm. I don't want to do it I don't want to do it and then it's like and that's a, but that is a tough one because I think there is a level for some people it's it is a fear for their own life and I am one of those people that I had always desired to work with terrifying things I had always wanted to work with deadly viruses to some point, which sounds horrible, I know, but it was something I was always super passionate about. So I think there is a balance because I do remember a lot of nurses I would work with that were pregnant, that had young children. And you don't know what she did. She was probably being very feisty, so. Well, and that's the problem is that her, but it was her attitude. And I think that's where the problem comes in. And these patients that we had were already being treated like lepers. Oh, yes. You know? And, And so they were... And, and so to just hear, like, the complete disregard for the need of a capable nurse mm-hmm. was very, very frustrating. Then she, then I, I almost told her, like, you were in the wrong setting. Like, go be, then, then do clinic nursing. Like, then mm-hmm. do some other type mm-hmm. of nursing, like, where you're not here. But you chose to work in a hospital. You chose to be a nurse. Like, the world is hurting yeah. And it was just, it, it, it's just hard. And people, mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong, people go into nursing for so many different reasons. People go into nursing um, because they need income. People go into it because they need a way to support their family. People stumble into nursing. People oh, yeah. decide at young ages, like Mary, that that's exactly where they want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but you, you have to have a heart to do what we do. And in that moment, I did not hear her heart. Well, and I will give you this as well. Like a lot of people lose their heart in nursing. And I think that's a big issue as well. And I'm never going to forget. I actually went to TCU. Um, and Nina Pham was the first nurse in Texas that ended up having an Ebola patient. So she ended up being forced essentially, right? Like you have to take care of this patient. You're a nurse, you're taking care of it. She was forced to take care of this patient without proper equipment. Mm. And we didn't know with COVID, we didn't know what we were needing and we didn't have the proper equipment. They necessarily, they they provided people with, they did, but this was after Ebola, which was a lot more deadly Mm. and she almost died. Mm -hmm. You know, like she ended up, 
you know, it's a very bloody disease. If any of it gets on you, you're going to mm-hmm. get it. And the majority of people die. And hearing her story, it was. Like, you know, she did sue the hospital for a lot of money, so that's part of it. But in the end, like, we don't know her story. And I'm not going to give her an excuse. I think there is a big issue in nursing where a lot of people do go in without a compassionate heart Mm -hmm. and with a patient heart. Um, And a lot of nurses, and I would even include myself in that, sometimes lose it. Mm. And that's the most heartbreaking part is, like, you know, to be so desensitized that you think it is okay to say that, to say like, well, I'm not doing that. That's not my job. It's like, you're right. It is. It is your job. It's your job to help these people that are already so miserable and are having mm-hmm. the worst days and of their scared. life. They're scared. Very scared. I would, and I would agree with that as well. Fear is a major motivator. And I think a lot of times nurses are try to portray themselves as fearless and man. You can be to a point, but it gets scary. So Scoot is outside oh with a little hat <laughs> in a wheelbarrow, and he's trimming trees. He is so cute, you guys. That is adorable. <laughs> he is such a sweet man, and I can't even believe that while we're here chit-chatting, <laughs> starting he's a honor. podcast. Okay, so can I say something? laboring by. This episode turned really heavy. Real quick. Real fast. And I am so sorry. Like, we were talking about this, I'm like, oh my god, we literally just got done saying that we would not be talking about this, and we have spent like 15, 20 minutes on it. Oh, so I apologize to y'all. Um... You know, we're gonna, they're not all going to be like this, I promise. Just stick around. It'll get better. <laughs> we'll get funnier, I promise. We got very serious and bit, hit a very serious topic on the head. Yes. And, you know, I think there is that point of things are not always going to go the way we expect in life. And yeah. I think even podcasts are going to have those moments. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, being a nurse is great. You meet amazing people it is a fun journey. It, there are so many different paths that you can take for it and um, so many different places to go and things to do and opportunities. And the people you meet, I think, like, especially with Mary, oh, God, oh yes. guys, <laughs> the people you meet are the best. 100%. Oh, no, no, no. Don't get me wrong. There are some really crappy people earlier. 100% as well. <laughs> uh, like that nurse that we just mentioned. <laughs> um, but for the majority... I rarely meet people I don't like. And you're always, like, you come across another nurse, it's like, oh, hey, sister. Like, I see you. <laughs> like, you already you fall know. into certain conversations. Right. And I think the most beautiful thing about it is, like, you know, the reason we're even starting this podcast is because there is a level that I personally have kind of been burnt out and tired of it and to get to talk about the joys like all the hardships but the beautiful and wonderful things about nursing and like help you guys figure out if you want to do this or like if you're struggling through this so like we're here to chat about it with you and like oh, yeah we're here and to find those ways to find you're passionate about things again whether it's nursing or even outside of that I mean the reason we say we're rapid is because we are feisty, we which are is a so perfect feisty. example of this podcast. And the re- <laughs> and we'll even go more into the logo, probably another one, because oh, it's yeah. just so funny. Yeah. But, you know, I think this is a great starting point, and we would love to 
hear what people are thinking about, what people have questions and concerns about. I mean, yeah. Um, so you can contact us at therabidnurses at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We also have a Facebook page called mm-hmm. The Rabid Nurses. Our Instagram account is The Rabid Nurses. <laughs> um, if you we can, have a Twitter. Oh, yeah, we do the have Rabid a Twitter, Nurses. So you can tweet us. Oh, what my gosh. It? Tweet. Yes. At The Rabid Nurses. Mm-hmm. Are there hyphens, underscores? Let me take a look. We're really bad sometimes about Twitter. We do everything else, but we are going to do Twitter. Mary really wants it. to do Twitter. Apparently the podcasters are big into Twitter. I don't want to do it. I feel like we have to have one to at least... We have to. Yes. Okay, so well. Yep, it's At The Rabid Nurses. Okay. And, that's and we have one follower. No. Oh, no, I'm following you to Southwestern. <laughs> <laughs> That made me so excited. Before I was so stoked. It's like, we haven't even launched it? yet. <laughs> haven't even launched yet. We don't have our logo yet. And people are already like, excited. oh my God. Y'all already love us? We haven't done oh anything. Oh my God. So exciting. Um, but yeah, so follow us. Keep, stay tuned. Send us emails. Give us pointers. And tell us what you like, what you don't like. We might take it into consideration. We yeah. might not. <laughs> We're not gonna listen to you, okay? We got our own thing. We got going our own on. thing. We are our own people. We are our own women, and we, we need no oh, men. Yes, yes, we do. do. I need yeah, my men. I know. I you can't function without Scott. Though. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> let's see. What else? What else is I going to say? That's it. Like, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We we're have an email. A, we have an email account that you can contact us at. Um, and so yeah. Thank you all for coming by. This has been a great first episode, and we can't wait to keep going. And we love y'all, and we can't wait for more. Bye! Bye.